one. All right, so I <clears throat> beat a video game of the weekend. Beat nice. uh, old, old Fire Emblem Engage. That's that one that came out like a month or two. Eh, January, I guess. But uh, finally got to, like, I know life did it pretty hard and then couldn't play for a couple of weeks. So over the weekend, I was like, I'm going to finish this thing. Yeah. And uh, it was so good. They did something with the story that uh, they haven't done in any of the other 15 Fire Emblem titles. So that was pretty cool that they're still coming up with new things to do. Um, and yeah, it was super fun. Definitely one of my one of my favorite games in the franchise. Did uh, this time you not fight for your friends? They're never going to take that out. Come on. Oh, OK, I was just checking. I was like, damn, they really changed stuff up. <laughs> yeah, you fight for your enemies. It's yeah. weird. It's like it's like it's kind of neat. But at the same time, it's like, wow, this isn't heroic at all. <laughs> it was good. It was good. And then I started because I, I was looking at my backlog of Switch games that I've bought and haven't touched and decided that I was going to do Kirby and the Forgotten Land next. So started that yesterday. I think I've played through like two of the worlds, but that's really cool. I mean, it's essentially um, like Mario Odyssey, but for Kirby, it's gotcha. a really good game. Nice, man. Yeah, you're big. You're just, you've become kind of like a big uh, platformer guy, right? Because you weren't always like the biggest platformer because i remember when we were in high school it was mostly just like i'm gonna kill people at halo uh i mean i think it's always been both like i, gotcha. I my nintendo collection i think is pretty extensive um, yeah but we just i guess we just, we just never hung out and played those at the same time it was always like if we're hanging out with smash mm-hmm. or maybe like there was every once in a while it was a star the star wars game for gamecube right yep. <laughs> or then sh- shoot him up so we did have that one day where you forced me to play mario but that was about it <laughs> <laughs> it was that yeah uh that was on the wii yeah i remember we would come home from community college and play that and uh that was a hard game dude like and, i remember that took us a, a good bit to beat it and the worst part too is like you'd have to listen to the toads and boy howdy that was the worst. <laughs> I guess the yeah, I guess they the, just Lu- the, at you. the Luigi version is like supposed to be even harder because it's like Luigi's the main character, so it's like he doesn't have all the the natural ability Mario has. So it's it just stuff comes harder in that one. That's hilarious. I didn't I didn't realize it was harder. I thought that was just them like making more money off the same game. Yeah, I, that's what I heard. Is it's it's supposed to be more difficult, but. That's funny. It's well, then I don't know if we could do it. I mean, I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not now. I'm I've gotten much worse at video games that that aren't you know hockey or basketball. <laughs> right. I dude, I did like the other day. I was like, you know what? I kind of want to play NHL again. I had a lot of fun with that. So I don't know. We'll I, see. I, it's I also don't want to drop money on a new NHL game too. Yeah, I mean, I kind of lucked out with mine because it was like right after Christmas and it was on sale for 30 bucks. 
So I got that with some Christmas money and I was like, oh, this is pretty sweet. And my rookie, I already have over a hundred goals for the season. <laughs> it's like, real easy too. I know. Like it's I, just... I do like to like role play my spot. Like if I'm right wing, I'm going to just stick to that. But yeah, it's, it's so easy just to finesse everybody and score a million goals. Yeah. It's just so funny too. Cause like I'll hear like the, the commentators talk like, first off, I got drafted by like the Carolina hurricanes. So like, the news now just they talk about carolina more than they i think carolina's ever been talked about They're like i can't believe this rookie he uh you know he's he scored up like 100 career goals it's like that's <laughs> that's a new record guy come on i i'm i'm i've got more goals than gretzky for a season right like I be know. a little bit more excited <laughs> This kid, we'll see. We'll see. Like, and like one game, I didn't score a goal. And they're like, oh, boy, maybe his career is over. <laughs> like, what? After scoring 100. Oh, that's great. Uh, I, the last time I played, I think it was NHL like 2017. And I, I got drafted to Edmonton. And uh, I think there were a couple lines about like best player since Gretzky thrown around there. Nice. But man, I did not want to get drafted to Edmonton, but I did, I did like the full proper draft thing where like you play or whatever. And every time, no matter how I did it, I got drafted to Edmonton. Yeah. I, it was funny. The, the first, last one I played, I got drafted to uh, St. Louis and it was back when Peoria was still the, uh, you know, their whatever team affiliate team. Yeah, and so like they, I, I got, I got drafted by them, and they're like, we're gonna send you over to the Peoria Rivermen because you're not getting enough assists. I was like, I'm getting, I'm averaging a hat trick. <laughs> my my guys just aren't scoring. They're like, you need at least two assists a game to be in the majors. I'm like, yep. <laughs> you're uh you're you're not a playmaker i know <laughs> oh, all right anything else or uh, we, we need to, into it we need to get an opener i got one man i, oh, I, you do? I stealthily put one in there you you fucking beauty thank you <laughs> all right welcome everybody to another episode of the two worlds podcast I'm Jake, and with me as always is the Pikachu to my ash. It's Casey. What's up, buddy? Not much, man. What's up with you? Oh, hanging out. Yeah. Just uh, got back from seeing Shazam a little bit ago. Saw that today. So thought I'd talk about that before we get into the news, if you're cool with it. Yeah, man. We also have a comment on the old YouTube page, too, by the way. We do. I have that pulled up, and I'll, I'm okay. glad you said that. I'll read it now. This is from Preston. Hello, Preston. He says, hey, dudes, when it comes to the Dawn of DC run, I'm excited to check out Green Lantern, Cyborg, and Hawkgirl. I don't recognize the writers, but it's been a minute since we got uh, some more Green Lantern, and I'm curious to read a Hawkgirl and Cyborg run. So thank you, Preston. Appreciate that. We're also pretty excited for those, I think. So uh, we'll check it out. I'm I'm very excited for Green Lantern. The writer on that is actually the writer on Flash right now. If you're thinking to yourself, you know, Casey, I really want to get into Flash, but they're doing this whole one minute war and I don't know where to even start. Well, <laughs> two two weeks ago, the Flash one minute war start the clock. The battle begins came out and stupid me. I didn't know 
that this book was everything that I already had. So for a low price of $5.99, Preston, you can read that and be like, oh, wow, this Jeremy Adams is very good. Because <laughs> he is. It was look just, at you. Just... Look at you backdooring on the podcast. For I your know. Flash issue. <laughs> well, no, I'm not going to even sell that to him. I'm just saying go to, you know, go to. Like, oh, you know, I thought I thought you were selling shop. your copy. That's funny. <laughs> no, I mean, it's just. Yeah. Like, damn it, I really shouldn't have spent that six bucks. How can I get it back? (laughs) (laughs) I'll autograph this one. No, um, but no, yeah, like it's he's the the flash has been amazing, so I have a feeling the Green Lantern is too. I'm really curious if I think he did say Hal is going to be in it, but it's like it's clear with the fact that Jeremy Adams is using Wally heavily that he is a fan of like 90s era comics. So, like, I wouldn't be surprised if we get a good bit of Rainer in there too. At least that's what I'm hoping, yeah. Hopefully not too much of his girlfriend in a refrigerator, but we'll see. We'll see. I mean, in all fairness, you could also talk about the mom that was in the stove. They just... That, was just, that was just a mannequin. Like he got like major force. Like he comes home and then like there's a note on the thing and it's like he's like he sees his mom's head in the stove. And then like the next issue, like major force, like, ah, oh, that was just a mannequin. It's like, well, where was his mom? Ah, we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> Here's an idea. Quit killing people and putting them in appliances. <laughs> I mean, I'm just going to be like really upset when his baby gets put in a microwave. Hopefully that doesn't happen. <laughs> yep. But uh, so, yeah, Shazam. Uh, <laughs> Shazam was good. Casey, you were saying that the nerds were liking it, but critics weren't. Um you know, it it's geared towards, I would say, the younger audience. So there's definitely some stuff in there that's like, you know, that's for teens or, you know, kids, whatever. But, you know, much like the first one, I thought it was a pretty well-rounded uh, all-ages movie. I liked it. There's it, They really leaned heavily into, uh, like, Greek mythology. Like, there's a point where you see a bunch of, like... Um, like Greek mythology creatures uh, running around, which is pretty cool. Um, And even though they're like all CG, I actually think it looked pretty good. And yeah, Zachary Levi is uh, as charismatic as ever. And I liked it. I liked it. I want to see it. It's one of those ones where it's like, I want to see that in theaters, but uh, there's a whole list of movies I want to see in theaters right now. So it's like, I don't know if I'm going to get out to it because I don't know if I'm going to be able to get out to any of the ones I want to see in theaters. So, yeah, know. there uh, I had some. Uh, some customers that asked me if I was going to see it. And they're like, but you haven't seen Ant-Man yet. It's like, yeah. And <laughs> I want to see Shazam more. I'm going to yeah. see that. Um, I'm glad I did. I do want to tell. A fun little bit about my movie going experience, though, that involved uh, a row of teenagers, uh, two rows in front of me. So whenever I walked into the theater, there were like kids everywhere. I was like, oh, shit, I forgot that it's like spring break for some people right now, because normally my 1130 show on a Monday is like there's me and like one or two other like lonely dudes in there right and that's it you know what you need to do next time you go to a movie theater at one uh, you know at 11 30 and there's just lonely dudes there go up to him and say boy guys if you're this lonely 
do I have the podcast for you? <laughs> it's called Two Worlds Podcast. They're like my best friends. So just hand them like, you know, the the card and then just go back and sit down. And I then they'll hear we, your voice on there and they're like, oh shit, that's the guy. I think we both know that I am not the kind of person to do that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um. So anyway, I don't know if it was like, just a school or like some sort of school program or whatever. But uh, like the whole row was rented out to uh, to these kids and like their two chaperones. And naturally, they're talking throughout the whole fucking movie, which is just drives me insane, drives me insane. Like, I'm telling you, dude, after COVID, people forgot how to act in a hundred theater, dude. 100%. So, me and Bree tried to see uh, The Quiet Place and Bree got really mad at me because I don't know if you've seen The Quiet Place, but it's a very quiet movie because they can't talk. So like, you know, every little sound. And like, so if you're like watching it, like the first time we watched it, it was pre-COVID. So like, you know, people would be like bumping their rappers as quietly as they could because they're not trying to. Th- then like we go see this one and then they're just like, people are just like sitting next to each other like, hey, what do you, what do you think they're doing what hey and i'm just like and finally i was like shut the fuck up <laughs> and then brie got so mad at because she's like i can't believe you did that oh I'm like, I, no. I support you completely 100 percent. i didn't pay to hear them talk yeah yeah that's that's exactly where i was at today so like the chaperones are shushing them the whole time but like i what do you do, right? At the end of the day, when you're the chaperone, you can tell them to shut up. Uh, afterwards, you can say, we're not doing this again because you don't know how to behave. But like in the moment, what can you do if they're like, if you're not their parents or whatever? Just pause the movie and say, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Jimmy, you go outside and you play in the traffic till the movie's over. <laughs> so I, I kept my mouth shut for most of it because every so often the chaperones were shushing. But it, clearly... They weren't doing any. It wasn't working. And towards the end of the movie, I was just fucking fed up with it. So I lean forward in my seat to where I'm like, because there's one row between us. And like pretty loudly, I was like, shut up. And they turn around and look at me and I'm like, shut up. Stop talking. And then the chaperones look at me and I'm like, stop talking. Thank you. And then I lean back <laughs> in my seat and uh but at that point there was like 10 minutes left in the movie yeah so like they were quiet till the end um and then the credits roll they get up and leave the chaperones have to tell them to go back and pick up their trash because of course they're fucking barbarians right and left their place a mess and then the chaperone she turned around and she goes i'm sorry and i like i didn't really know what to say i just kind of like shrugged at her it's just like i mean okay you know like it, yeah. it, it's been done they, they've ruined part of the experience it's not your fault but also your kids are fucking terrible so uh <laughs> you know i just shrugged and then they yeah. left and then i watched the two you know post-credit scenes i was just like dude i i'll make sure that it's not like i, I have to know the people that a lot of people aren't going to be there or i'm not going to the fucking theater anymore it yeah. just sucks ass I'm paying fucking $17 to sit there and listen to this dumbass kid commentate over the movie. There's a part where Freddie is talking to a girl and the kid goes, 
oh man w riz like says that out loud w riz <laughs> we're old dude <laughs> i'm just like one what the fuck are you talking about and two shut your mouth no like what you want the guys to be like oh yeah bro like shut up what are you like stop talking i don't need to hear that you think he's got w riz anyway you know what else has w riz though yeah this episode that's true that 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 should be the title <laughs> w yep. riz it was gonna be baby in a microwave but now we got w Ugh. riz <laughs> i uh I don't know, man. You know, you know that meme where it's a quote from Michael Jordan saying, fuck them kids. Yeah. Like that's just that's just how I feel about yeah. any younger person anymore, especially at the movie theater. Yeah, no, I'm the yeah. No, when I saw Kong versus Godzilla or Godzilla versus Kong, I mean, it was like the first time people saw movies since COVID. So it was just like they they didn't even have like the buffer of being like, oh yeah, you know, like this was just they, but at least it was an IMAX, so it wasn't, you know, so it's super loud. It like yeah, everything was loud and like they would be, but then they're like, whoa, look at that! Like they were just talking, they weren't even whispering, but I, they were far enough away that I couldn't like strangle them. Yeah, <laughs> so it wasn't great. I remember but, the yeah. first uh, the first post COVID movie I watched. Uh, we went and saw Black Widow, I think, and yeah. uh, that my lovely lady has not been back to a theater since then. She was like, "That was so awful. I I'm done with I'm done with theaters." So I'll go for movies I really want to see, but it's got to be in the morning on a weekday. I, I'll never go on a weekend. Yeah, Fuck that. I will say the best viewing experience in a theater I've had like recently was when me and Nick went and saw Shin Ultraman the two nights that it was out because it was like everyone there was like this oh. is only two nights <laughs> yeah and we waited like three years for this so everyone was just like yes <laughs> that would be that would be way different yeah because <laughs> they what are they like those fathom events or whatever I'm sure mm -hmm. it was similar to that where it's it like if you're in a fathom was. event then like you're you're yeah. taking it seriously yeah so um but no it kind of sucks that the the Shazam movie is kind of bombing now because it's like I think it could have been avoided but it was also like yeah we knew it was coming when you know the studio's like this movie doesn't really matter like it, we love it but it's not really going to be a part of our big plans. <laughs> you know, here's what I don't get about that, though. Even if that's the case. Still hype the shit out of it. So people go see it and spend the money. Like, who well, cares? Because like, James Gunn was like half assing, hyping it up. He's like, I've seen the movie. It's so good. But on to my stuff. <laughs> right. Which, I mean, I kind of expect. Um okay guys i'm i'm talking spoilers for a hot minute here so just skip ahead a couple or look for when you know the time stamp when we go on but casey i my what i was talking to mike after the movie about this there's a cameo in it from another hero that i didn't know about but mike Wonder was Woman, like right yeah. yeah okay so you know yeah. mike was like yeah like every everybody knew that I didn't. I yeah, so well, you you avoid spoilers and anything trailer related, even that's at this true. Point. That's true. 
So it was like extra cool for me because I had no idea it was coming. I thought, I don't know if Shazam is going to be a part of Gunn's thing. So Wonder Woman certainly isn't. So there's no way that one of the cameos is her because I hear that they did like reshoots to fix other mm-hmm. cameos like Superman and stuff, right? Uh, so to see her was crazy cool. Um, but it made me think like why like but but i guess if shazam isn't going to be part of his plan then uh then that would make sense because it's like why would she be in it then right yeah like, like just a one last hurrah sort of thing but uh well gun has gun has said on twitter he's like well actually uh wonder woman's a huge part of my plan going forward it's just she's not a part of the slate right now but like there's other stuff coming i, I promise it's like buddy i'm just gonna tell you this now it's not looking good <laughs> <laughs> like this movie's gonna tank i have a feeling flash will make money sadly and then blue beetle's gonna tank and then probably the superman's gonna tank for being honest unless that you can pull in some like crazy cool cameos because that's the only reason that flash is not gonna tank is because it's got keaton helping it yeah i don't disagree with that um yeah i don't know anyway i was kind of like hopeful that maybe she would be a part of stuff but then you know it it hit that well if shazam isn't either then i guess why not have her in there because mm-hmm. none of it matters but uh either way you know it's all ages you know this is it's going to be kind of goofy but it's still like a fun good shazam movie if you like the first one you like the second and uh yeah there you go. All right. I'm I'm disappointed we will never get to see Shazam versus Shazam though. Yeah, I know. I really like I really did want that to happen. Yeah. Like Zachary Levi Shazam and Henry Cavill Superman versus Dwayne the Rock Shazam Johnson would have been fun. You know, just I just had a thought. You know what we would have made uh, Shazada make billions like uh, literally I'm going to say five billion dollars is if at the end instead of a Cavill cameo if you know like Shazadam's standing there and then this car pulls up out comes Vin Diesel and he's like yo your family needs you and it's like to be continued in Fast 10 <laughs> <laughs> You know, they actually uh, they make a Fast and Furious joke in the movie. Really? So, so you're you're not too yeah. far off. Like, how great would that have been if they're like, "This is been great," and we're like, "Oh, holy crap!" All of the DC universe, the Fast and the Furious extended universe, are connected. Our Peacemaker and John Cena's character, the same person. Who knows? We haven't <laughs> thought that far ahead. <laughs> oh man. That's funny. Also, Aquaman's in it. So, yeah. So, there we go. And then, I mean, Batista will probably get thrown in. He'll be like, I'm too much of a serious actor. You're not. You're going to be in Fast and the Furious someday, even though this is supposed to be the last one. I think it was supposed to be the last one like eight of them ago. So, nah, they've always said 10. They've always said 10. I mean, dude. Because I remember it ended after like the second one. Ben Diesel's like, I'm not doing no more of these car movies. (laughs) And then then they did fucking Tokyo Drift and then he's like 
Vin Diesel's like, oh, I guess my Weatherman movie didn't make enough money. I'm coming back to these car movies. <laughs> right. Well, when I say always, I mean like post Tokyo. It was okay. like, all right, we're going to do 10 of them. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I, I realize we'll have to do a separate, uh, separate video because we skipped that again. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, that'll be fun. Yeah, I agree. But anyway, on to the news now. It it was like nothing this week, man. At least for me, I I have one yeah. single thing, so I'll just say it, and then I'll let you get through all yours. I saw this too, and I was like, I didn't see like the official news, so I'm like, I hope it's not true. But then I was like, oh shit. Yep. So uh, in June, there, uh, the solicitations came out for June, and we discovered that the final issues of both Tim Drake, Robin, and Batgirls will be that month. So huge bummer. I guess Batgirls aren't part of the dawn of DC, which is just a big letdown. It's I guess, easily one of DC's biggest books. I guess, you know, every cloud has a silver lining, though. At least Tim Drake, Robin's done. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, if... If having Batgirls means that Megan Fitzmartin has to write Tim Drake, I'm I'm almost okay with it. Yeah, I know. I just wanted to say that because I was like, at least this will be funny. But no, it sucks. Batgirls is like, I'll say for sure top 10, easily top 10, maybe top five books in DC right now. So it's a, it's a damn shame. DC's really kind of whiffing it with what they're doing so far with the Donna's DC. I'm not going to lie. It's like, oh, yeah, let's get rid of Jeremy Adams, the best thing we've got going on the Flash right now, and put Cy Spurrier on there. Oh, yeah, Clunan and Conrad, who are pretty well-liked. Let's get rid of them off of their two books, put Tom King on one of them. and That's going to get people to talk, I guess. Cancel the other one. Yeah. I don't know. I'm kind of hoping that the Clunan and Conrad like say something soon because i would just yeah. like to hear whether they're just like you know you know our story's done or if they're like we were told that this was it so yeah we'll see i wouldn't be surprised if they were just told very much like adams was told oh i'm sure i'm sure yeah. that's how it was i mean we we know how dc editorial is right it's just yep. a shame it just happens to be one of our favorites Okay, so we got we finally have like an official announcement for Sweet Tooth season two. It's gonna be coming out April twenty seventh. I wasn't sure if it was gonna get released. Like the last season came out like two years ago, so I'm pretty pumped. I love the first season. It's a lot different than the comic. Um, I need the to characters, watch that still. It's really good. Like Jeff Lemire, when he I was reading an interview where he was talking about when he wrote it. And it's like, um, you know, like how like the I, you haven't read the books, but like the characters in it are kind of like dirtbags, a lot of them. And like this way, he wrote them a lot more likable. And he was like, well, when I wrote this originally, we didn't have a pandemic going on. So when I kind of rewrote this, I was like, I want to show that these characters can be good and all this other stuff so it's like jeopard who is a dirtbag the way i remember him in the comic book is like the best character in this show <laughs> and i love him so much that's awesome <laughs> like it starts off like yeah, he's a little rough around the edges and like by the end of it by the end of the season you're like 
boy, this guy is awesome. I would die for him. And I know he'd die for me. (laughs) (laughs) Man, speaking of stuff to watch by Jeff Lemire, didn't uh, Essex County start this weekend? I didn't know if it started. I know the trailer came out and like the other day and it looks very good. And it's like, it's on one of those weird channels, like streaming channels where it's like, it's free, but I don't know where to get the channel. Oh, really? I thought it was on like Hulu or something. Am I, am I way off on that? It, the, what I saw from what I saw, it was like some weird one. Cause I thought it was supposed to be on CBS, like their streaming thing. But then like when the trailer came out, it was saying for something else. Yeah. CBC. Okay. It's it's a Canadian channel. Of, ah, of course it is. We should yeah. we should have realized that. Fair enough. <laughs> so yeah, it's like uh you know, it's like Letterkenny comes out on Crave in Canada and then yeah. Hulu in the US. So Okay. So it so it is coming out on Hulu then? I don't know. Okay. Well, I mean I'm hoping. I'm hoping so too. Looks like it's gonna be five episodes. So yeah, interesting. That sounds about the right amount because I think it was like three books, but it's the size of the Bible, so Okay, so I'll go with some like the lesser news. Zack Snyder is doing a con called SnyderCon. It'll be three days and they'll watch Man of Steel, BVS, and Zack Snyder's Justice League. I know those movies are long, but three three days does seem a little excessive. But it was kind of funny when he announced that this was going to happen. He had the guy that voiced Darkseid do this kind of like trailer thing and then like he had this other thing where it's like it's coming full circle everyone's like oh shit netflix bought the snyder verse he's gonna announce it there i'm just gonna say this right now i will eat eat jake's underwear off of his body on the podcast <laughs> if they if they announce this boy i like I hope i hope they announce it okay i have two things to say the first thing is we, we make fun of Snyder Bros regularly. I'm glad. I'm glad that they still have like a shred of hope to hold on to for something yeah. in their lives. Right. I'm also glad that this is happening for them. Like if you're really into that, then this would be a super cool thing to do. Right. Mm-hmm. So I hope that everybody has fun. But guys, like let it die and it, it's not happening yeah. it's not happening i will say a cool thing about this whole event though is that it like the proceeds go since his you know daughter committed suicide the proceeds go to a you know anti-suicide fund it's pretty neat i think you can even you'll be able to stream the event since not everyone can go to pasadena or wherever it is in california so yeah if you're a big snyder fan it's gonna be pretty cool and it's like there's two different types of Snyder bros. There's the ones that we were making fun of. And then there's the normal ones that are like, yeah, suicide prevention. The fact that he added that into the movie, you know, Zach's, the, his justice league movie was cool, you know? And like, I respect him a lot as a, as a director, Sure, but I don't want to, you know, tell these people that don't like his movie to kill themselves. That's a weird thing to do that. A lot of them do. <laughs> seems, seems like it's very much against the message. Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah i don't think uh we're gonna get any more cider first sadly though i wouldn't be against it i'll say that i wouldn't either i you know casey and i have said a million times on here that the the snyder cut of justice league was awesome yeah. so just four hours too damn long 
to each their own. I'm fine with it. I was ready for another hour. I mean, here's the thing, though. You're never going to be like, boy, look at it's, you know, it's a nice, nice day. I don't really have anything going on. I'm just going to spend four hours watching a movie inside. I say that well, I'm like, oh, oh yeah, you're Lord of the Rings, editions of the Lord of the Rings. Absolutely. <laughs> let's, let's rip it. Fair enough. OK, so Ron Perlman is rumored to be cast as Frankenstein and Creature Commandos. I'm actually fine with that casting. I think it's pretty good. Yeah, that's a I saw that and was like, perfect. <laughs> yeah. Um, And then Ben Affleck was he was doing an interview. He was first like first he was talking about when uh, Joss Whedon took over, uh, you know, the Justice League for the Justice League. And he <laughs> he was like, did you come yeah, up with that? No, no, that that's like a common thing. That's people, hilarious. People call his cut as, you know, the Justice League. <laughs> and he was like. That was miserable. Sorry. No, you're Sorry. good. I'm surprised you haven't seen that. Like nope. that's like, yeah, that's the that's the common lingo. Uh, like you know, W Riz for sure. But um, <laughs> but yeah, he was like talking about. He's like, this was it was miserable. I never wanted to be Batman again after that. I hated it so much. I was just so depressed doing that. And then like. The only reason I came back was because Zach asked me to. And then like that brought lo- the love back to that character that I, that Joss took away. <laughs> Dude. That's like I'm paraphrasing, but yeah, that was basically what he said. <laughs> I want to know. I just want to know. I want to know. It was so crazy. You know, it sounded like, it just sounded like he had a huge ego. And like, when you go from someone that sounded like with Zach, where it sounded like he's like very open and he works with his, you know actors to joss who like just you know he's coming off like two multi-billion dollar movies and he's like you know he just like he's like, oh yeah i'm brought in to make this movie better and then like he just was full of himself and just being a prick the whole time it's that's the way it sounds but remind me what the second one is after avengers avengers 2 <laughs> like oh, I, he, I think he that, did that too i yeah I'm totally i think okay. pretty sure that still broke a billion it was close but it wasn't like enough to make them be like, ah, let's bring you back for the third one. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, then he also Ben Affleck went on to say he won't direct a DC movie in the James Gunn verse. He's like, I think it's gonna be fun, but I'm not gonna do that. So that's kind of a shame. He's a solid director for sure. Yeah. Do you think he would have uh we could have potentially gotten a Batman solo movie that he directed himself and starred in. That was the plan. That was, you know, always the plan from the start. But I think, I think you just see, I think it's less James Gunn and more WB more than likely. That's like kind of ruined that for everybody. Yeah, for sure. And then lastly, surprising no one, James Gunn has announced he is going to direct the Superman legacy his upcoming Superman movie. He's like, I, I wrote this script and I'm going to direct it too. It's like, everyone's like, yeah, no shit. You're going to direct it. We know like, come on, this doesn't need to be announced. I don't you like some of his movies? I mean, I like guardians and slither is fun, but I'm not like a big James Gunn fan, but it's just at the end of the day, there's nothing like people will be like, Oh, suicide squad was so well directed. Like the, the suicide squad. And it's like, I don't know. I was it. 
like I there's nothing about his direct you know director directorial abilities that make me go yeah this guy he's gonna bring something fresh and new you know what was that one movie that I just did not like super super that's it yeah yeah like that movie was hilarious to me but again at the end of the day it's like the script is funny in my opinion has nothing to do with his direct directing prowess well it is what it is and i don't think from and actually actually i'll tell you this my favorite movie of his i'm not sure if he directed it but I know he wrote it. I'm pretty sure he directed it. Scooby Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed. Yeah. That has yeah. The, the best Leonard Moulton review. If you ever want to look it up, all it is is he goes, It is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's like two yeah. and a half stars. It is what it is. That's so funny. Man, I, I love Scooby Doo. That. That first one, I think, still holds up. No, I think that one's good, and I think, I think number two's good too, because number two's got like it's more. That's of the one a... was scrappy, right? No, that's the first one. Oh, that's the first one. Dang, first what happens with... in the second one then? Second one is when like all of the monsters, like that, oh, they're at this like museum show that, oh yeah, all of our old monsters that we have captured over the years are you know then they get brought back to life, and but this time they're real monsters. Mm, okay, sure. And it's got Ray Romano's dad from Everybody Loves Raymond in it. Right. Man, that cast is so good, too. Mm-hmm. Scooby-Doo. Am I, am I right, fellas? Ladies? Ah, uh, Scooby cast. Am I right? Scooby cast. We're, I mean, we're both big fans of the all the cartoons, so. Well, not all of them. Most well, of them. The the ones that I've seen, you also enjoy. I'll say that. Yeah, because it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, yeah, the first ones were really good. Then Scooby-Doo movies, and you're like, ugh, these are fine. Like, I can I can only handle so much Don Knotts, though. <laughs> and then... it's okay, like every, you're the only one. It's like every other episode. It's like, oh, Harlem Globetrotters, cool. And then, like, the next one, Don Knotts. Yeah, they're like... <laughs> Three Stooges, like, oh, cool. Then it's like, done, not. Like, what? <laughs> oh, man. The uh, the best movie, though, is Zombie Island. Oh, the movie's man, great. Yeah. We've talked about that on here before. Yeah. Like, no, it's like, I guess I like the James Gunn, the, the two live action James Gunn movies, but Zombie Island 1, it's perfect. Zombie Island 2, dog shit. Did you watch, yeah, in 2020, Scoob? I did. It's good. Is it? It's, but I, you can go back to our back catalog and listen to me talk about it on there. But it's a, um, like, it's more of a Hanna-Barbera movie and less of a Scooby-Doo movie. So I need to check it out. Yeah, like, there's Magilla Gorilla references. We get Captain Caveman, Blue Falcon, Dino Mutt. Um, Dick Dastardly is the villain. Like it's not like Scooby Doo. It's more just Hanna Barbera. Like this is our love letter to Hanna Barbera, which it's fine. I would have preferred more Scooby Doo. Right. So I remember Blue Falcon and Dino Mutt were on the poster for that, and yeah, thinking, the, "Oh, that's cool." The downside is 
Mark Wahlberg is Blue Falcon, which is like it sounds like that could be good, but they made Blue Falcon kind of an idiot. And then they got um I'm blanking on his real name, but Ben Chang from Community to be Oh, uh Ken Jong. Yeah, they got him to be Dynamut, which is like a terrible choice. Yeah. But I know they made Dynamut uh... smart, which I'm like, come on. Dynamut should be the lovable goof. Right. <laughs> I remember seeing, and I know you're not a Harry Potter guy, but Jason Isaacs, who plays Draco Malfoy's dad, is the voice of Dick Dastardly, and I think he's got an amazing voice. Like I, I love his voice acting too. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, Dick Dastardly was good. Like the, like I said, the movies, the movies good. The one, like the worst part is like I like Tracy Morgan, okay, but you cast him as a voice actor in something. You're getting Tracy Morgan and he's playing and he's playing Captain Caveman. And it's just like, oh, it's Tracy Morgan. Okay. (laughs) Yep. Yep. You're not getting a voice with him. Yeah. Yeah. So so it it wasn't the best. (laughs) Okay, man. But that is our news. Ready to talk about some comics? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So this week I read Batgirl 16. JSA 3, Superman Lost 1, Behold Behemoth 4, The Last Barbarians 2, and Masters of the Universe, Masterverse number 2. I forgot Behold Behemoth. I really like that book, so I feel stupid. Okay, so I read um, Hulk 13, I Hate Fairyland number 5, Wildcats number 5, Hellcat, number one. The Last Ronin. The Lost Years. Cat, number two. I just I wanted to add cats there because I was on a roll. Uh, Batgirl, 16. And Superman Lost His Cat, number one of 10. <laughs> I'd read that too. <laughs> okay. I think I had a little bit more. So I will start with Hulk, number 13. And this is by... Ryan Otley with Cliff Rathburn doing the inks. And this is the best issue of the Otley Otley run in so far. So we get flashback to the person that, you know, helped Bruce come up with like his whole, oh yeah, warship Hulk thing. And it's Dr. Strange. You're like, what? And then it turns out it's not Dr. Strange. We find out mm. in this issue. It's this guy that I did not know who he was. I'm going to find him because he's like, because Dr. Strange is like, oh, I know this magic. This is this guy. He's like despair. I don't know if you know. He looks like a spawn ripoff. Oh, I've seen that guy. But I didn't know him. And yeah, so he's helping with the magic, but did you know it doesn't matter because the bad the baddie already broke out and that's how it ends. It's a fun, dumb issue. It's not like good, but it hasn't been good in a while for a while, and this is the best issue so far. He's not like just playing his weird sport that he was playing for a whole issue while they're like his brain is dying. So at least it's better that way. Right. Excuse me. Uh so yeah, I'm gonna go. Probably a six out of ten. The art's pretty solid in it too. Right on. All right. First up for me, we'll go Master Verse number two. 
Look at that big old beefcake. Look Oof. at him. That is some beef. Thick slab of grade A beef. But anyway, uh, it's written by Tim Seeley. And the art, there's two stories. Uh, Well, there's like the framing story at the beginning and end, which the art's done by Eddie Nunez. And then the two stories are done by EJ Sue and Victor Santos. And uh, these are pretty cool. One, uh, you know, He-Man's out at sea. A sea monster attacks the boat. um, And he's got to deal with that. It's pretty cool. And then... Really quick, if He-Man is on the sea, would he be (laughs) (laughs) Sea-Man? When you said really quick, I was like, I know what's coming. I just know you too well, man. You You know, know you're going to make a cum joke. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The next one's cool, though. It has like really, really cool artwork that I want to show. Nice. So it's just like, I don't know, just like a hundred bullets style artwork, kind of. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, Like Eduardo Risso. Um, But it was cool, too. It kind of reads like a noir type story. yeah, I liked it. And then at the end, the guy that the sorceress is trying to convince uh, that, you know, Prince Adam is the right person to have He-Man. He's like, perhaps I misunderstood my mission, Tila Na. What if I am not to observe the multiverse for clues? Then it must be that I am to initiate an experiment for the fate of the multiverse. And for that, I must make Prince Adam suffer. So... We'll see what that means next issue, but it's cool. You know, uh, you know how I feel about Tim Seeley's He-Man. It's good stuff. I like it. Eight out of 10. Right on, dude. Okay. So next up, it's going to be I Hate Fairyland number five by Scotty Young and Brett Bean on the art. And I just want to start. This issue is hilarious because it says starts off. I missed this at first, but so it goes, listen up. Scan this QR code before you read this issue. Like this is on the, uh, you know, illustrate like uh, the one part. And it goes, I hate Fairyland number five is best read while you listen to a song that was written and performed specifically for this issue. So put your headphones on, scan the QR code and rock out as you follow along with Gert doing Gert stuff while you listen to This World by Jack the Radio. And yeah, you just listen to that. And then like, there's no... Like for the first half of this book or over half of this book, there is no dialogue or anything or written, you know, sound effects. It's just the band playing music behind Gert doing like crazy Gert stuff. And it's like a music video, like a, like just a basically a music video. But how yeah, is the song? It's all right. Like the, the song was the weakest part in this issue because this <laughs> issue is really good. And then it ends like she's leaving her goat friend that's been helping her this whole time. And they have a nice little hug and it was heartwarming. And then then she gets she finally gets to Fairyland and then she gets a call from the guy that hired her. And he's like, oh, yeah, my son's back. So uh, I don't need you to rescue him. And she's like, "Okay, Um, well, we're still going to like take over Fairyland. Right. So you can do your game you know your uh stuff you want to do he's like ah no people actually prefer like instead of amusement parks just uh 
doing stuff like online. So I'm not going to, and I already own like an online metaverse type thing. So I'm just going to do that. And she's like, well, you're going to get me out of here. Right. And he's like, actually, my lawyers say I shouldn't. So <laughs> sorry. And then, so she gets mad, kicks the rat. The rat goes flying and it ends with like an epilogue with this kid being like, oh, hey, are you okay? And he's like, what happened? He's like, ah, this thing called Gert happened to me, kid. And then this other voice goes, did you just say Gert? And then it's her little like guy that helped her out last time that was with her for years because she was so bad at what she, you know, being the chosen one. So that's exciting. I love this book. It was a lot of fun. I'm giving it a nine out of 10. So is that the end of the arc? End of the arc. I have a feeling it's probably gonna be like a two months off would be my guess. Like, you know, a couple months off, let them kind of get caught up and then just go again like they did, like with the last I Hate Fairyland. Right. Yeah, I uh I have I have customers that talk about that book so highly every week that it comes out. It's such a fun time. Like you would really enjoy it. <clears throat> I think you'd enjoy the first run too. I think this is better than the how i remember the first run personally it's like i think scotty young is able to i think scotty young's become a better writer in that time it's like which makes sense because he's written like three eisner nominated books since i hate fairyland the first time around so it's like yeah you're you keep flexing that muscle you're gonna get better at it so you know it's that's basically what it amounts to (laughs) right on all right, next for me is JSA number three. It's written by Jeff Johns with art by Mikhail Hanin and some parts by Jerry Ordway. The art is so good. <laughs> yeah, that's about all I can say, really. I just don't know what the fuck Jeff is doing, dude. I have no idea. Yeah um it's gonna be 12 issues so i've i've complained so long about not having a jsa book that i feel like i need to see those 12 issues through but it is a struggle um i just don't know where it's going and i don't know if jeff knows where it's going so i'm a little worried with this book that it's gonna get delayed a lot because jeff hasn't been the best at keeping up with uh deadlines on books Right. Right. Uh, but I will say at the end, uh, Degaton shows up. Uh, he just kind of like teleports in on top of the JSA table while they're having a meeting. So we'll see if anything actually happens next issue. But uh, gosh, I don't know. I'm at like a four out of 10 and all four goes to the artwork. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I got you, man. How do you feel? Because like, I know Mikhail changed a lot of the costumes for the most part. What do you think about, you know, the updated designs as far as those go? I mean, they're pretty I, neat. I like them for the most yeah. part. Yeah, they're pretty neat. Um, like Khalid's Dr. Fate looks super cool. Um, you know, definitely some uh egyptian influence there huntress looks fine but i mean when doesn't huntress look pretty neat <laughs> um yeah i like i like how he did power girl and uh and dr midnight as well the one i'm not like oh where is it 
or uh, Jakeem. It's not really a costume. It's just sort of like a hoodie with like a lightning bolt on it. Yeah. And it's like, eh, I kind of feel like you wrote that one in, you know, but, mm-hmm. uh, but whatever. The others are cool. Like I said, you know, it's my love for the characters is keeping me on this. And that's yeah. it. No, I got you, dude. That reminds me. I had an idea and I'll see what you think too. Cause I'm, tr- well, I'm trying to find the writer and artist on this next book of mine. Um, I was thinking how cool would it be since they're trying like James Gunn does like to do these like kind of weirder characters, these lesser known characters. And to me, one of the coolest things is like boxing movies and stuff. How cool. And like noir type stuff. They did like a noir boxing movie about wildcat or like TV show, like HBO max TV show. Be so cool. Yeah, it would be. And it would fit in with the book because they're like, should we, you know, should we get in touch with Ted and like this person, this person? Like, no, Ted needs to focus on training, you know, the next generation. But give me a young Ted where he's fighting in the ring. It'd be so dope. Yeah, I would love that so much. Okay, but Wildcats number five. So this is by Matthew Rosenberg with Steven Segovia and Christian Duce or Deuce on the art. Love this book. So it's one part where, you know, they're, they're trying to figure out like, ah, oh, Grifter's dead. And they're, so they're trying to like, the Wildcats are like, ah, oh, what happened to Grifter? And then the, the seven are at this like barn and Superman shows up and he's like, hey, I want to talk to Mr. Majestic because he said he was Kryptonian. And he looks at him and like Mr. Majestic is actually like a, a kid in, you know, like the superhuman body kind of like Shazam, but not quite. And I don't know enough about him to be like, oh, yeah, it's, this is it, but I know he's a kid. And so, like, he's talking to Superman, and Superman's like, you're not a Kryptonian. Like, as soon as, like, he's like, I have ways of knowing these things, and you're just not. Like, I, I realize that. And, like, Majestic's like, you're not Kryptonian. And he's like, no, it's okay, son. Like, you're, and then he punches Superman, and then, like, Superman's like, okay, you get one, but I'm taking you in. <laughs> this is not okay like and then like so he starts he's just getting all pissy with them and like superman starts dealing with them and so then they have to send in another guy to like hold basically hold superman off while they all get teleported away because you know it's just like majestic's not smart enough to fight superman basically (laughs) right and then we also get uh some warblade action which is like one of the few guys from wildcats that i know and yeah this is just such a cool fun book and i really like it it's actually made me when we go to c2e2 i'm gonna look like you know how they always have those omnibuses like random omnibuses i'm gonna try to find like a wildcats omnibus so i can read and get kind of like more knowledge on these characters because this book is so good like i love it it's made me want to made me want to know more about these guys outside of the tv show that came out when i was a kid that i had a toy from but uh, yeah, I'm going to give it a 9.5 out of 10. I love this book. Well, I'm sure that if anything, you can find a ton of issues in somebody's dollar bin. Oh, yeah. I just was like, my whole thing is like, I want the omnibus. So I don't have to always be like, well, I'm going to get this all the back on board and hope I don't I don't get the tape on the back of it and all that stuff, you know? Right, for sure. Because I hate talking like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The Last Barbarians. 
Uh, it's written by Brian Haberlin with Hannah Wall and art by Brian Haberlin. Uh, I like the artwork in this book a lot. Like there's a lot of cool uh like creatures and creative artwork uh like these knights i just think look cool mm -hmm. they're kind of creepy and neat looking um but anyway this old wizard that has hired the main character and her brother to help out is clearly not all there he's like paying for things with like old weird money that uh hasn't been around for a while and he keeps saying that they're going to save his grandson. And then he calls him his nephew and can't keep it straight. So they're like, okay, maybe when we were warned about this guy, that was totally warranted. Um, but then uh, there's a couple of cool fights with people that are tracking them. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's fun. And then at the end, uh, the two people that have been tracking them since the first issue show up again so i assume there'll be another fight but uh, but it's fun it's cool the cover amazing mm -hmm. um yeah good stuff i'm gonna go mm, seven five nice all right so the last ronin since you went you know one last i'm going the other last last ronin the lost years number two this is by kevin eastman and tom waltz with pencils by uh sl gallant and yeah this book is very good so starts off with like casey you know i'm just gonna call her casey jr because it's casey something but she's you know watching over the kids and she's like kind of teaching them little things it's neat seeing casey kind of you know trying to teach these kids when like she didn't have very long with mikey to be taught so like she's kind of going by the you know, seat of her pants with stuff trying to be the teacher and then it cuts to Mikey, like, you know, get basically like becoming a badass again. And he gets a new teacher and stuff. And then he's like, the teacher then kind of tells him, like, you know, before you uh, go out, and this teacher also taught Splinter, but he's like, before you go out and kill the, you know, destroy the Foot Clan and stuff, these other guys that, you know, killed the, all those people. You kind of need to fuck them up, too. I mean, like, you don't have to, but, like, you know. And, like, Mikey's like, yeah, I do know. And so then, like, basically, he, like, then is going to go out of his way to mess these guys up. And it's pretty awesome. It's a lot of fun. It's fun, like, because you get a little bit more of, like, all the turtles talking at Mikey, too, which makes it pretty neat. And, like, he's arguing with them all the time and stuff. I like that book a lot. You should be reading that one also. You're going to be hearing me say this like with the next book I'm going to talk about too. But you should be reading it too because you love The Last Ronin. And this is like, even though this is a money grab, it's a good money grab. So I'm going with <laughs> another 9 out of 10. Nice. Um. Okay. I won't say anything spoilery about Behold Behemoth. It's written by Tate Bromball and illustrated by Nick Robles. Um, but it's cool. We get uh, a lot of background info on our two characters. Uh, some a cool moment with um with the behemoth who just looks so awesome. I really like the design for the behemoth, and then uh, definitely some conflict between our two main characters before the end. Uh, it's good. 
I like it. I'm actually really excited for the next issue. So I'm going to go nine out of 10. Right on, man. Okay. So now it's Hellcat time. This is by Christopher Cantwell with Alex Lins on the art. And so, yeah, it's Patsy. Someone, someone's been killed and Patsy's a suspect and she's trying to figure out what's going on. It's really good. Like this is like checking off a lot of uh, boxes in my checkbook. And like, also there's a, uh, you know, Patsy looking, you know, that that would be checking off boxes in Jake's checkbox because you know he loves a redhead. I so, do. so I really I 100% think Jake, you would love this book. As I've said about multiple things, the art in it is outstanding. The story is so good. We get uh, it's weird. You know, I mentioned this old boy the other day, old uh, Dreamwalker, Sleepwalker, Sleepwalker, Dreamwalker. Um, you know, he walks for sure. And there's something to do with sleep, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's there, which it's kind of funny that he pops up. Uh, and then like, there's a big kind of like, you know, reveal, I guess, towards the end of it. And I'm just like, boy, I can't wait for the next issue. I love this. This is a 10 out of 10, my pick of the week. And I fully expected you to read it. So I was a little let down that you didn't. Well, I'm sorry. That's okay. Can I see the cover? Yeah. The cover is kind of like doesn't do much for the story, but it's, yeah. you know, there's just not much going on. It's just kind of like, oh, yeah. So we got this clip art of Patsy. Let's just put her on a weird background. That's good enough. Right. I mean, I did think about it, uh, but I don't know. Like when I flipped through it, I was just like, eh. I don't know. Just didn't it just didn't look super exciting, but I'm glad that it is. Maybe yeah. I'll check it out at work this week. All right. Next then is just the mutuals for me. Yeah, just bat Batsy Girls and Superman Lost, correct? Yep. Okay. Which what order do you want to do? I'll defer to the lady. Okay, let's go back girls and then end with Superman. Okay. So Batgirls, it's written by uh, Becky Cloonan and Michael W. Conrad with art by Neil Googe. The Googe. The Googe. I like this a lot. I don't know about you, man. I thought it was cool. Uh, Mad Hatter is like the focus and he makes a bunch of creepy Bat family like puppets that they have to fight. And then, uh, you know, stuff gets turned into a man-bat type girl-bat, I guess you'd call it. Um, which looked awesome. I think Guja's mm -hmm. art uh, worked really well for that, that uh, character design. So I was all about that. And then, of course, because Stephanie and Cassie are besties, Cassie's able to kind of get under control and uh i that last page made me think this isn't how they're ending the series is it and i right. had to look it up real quick and i was like is there a next issue and there is and i was like yeah thank god because this would have been a terrible series ending book but for this like it was totally fine yeah like i i thought this was a very weak issue for a series that's been so good 
in my opinion. And one I thing know. that does annoy me, and I don't think it, I think I'm nitpicking, but it does really annoy me is like, what's the point of um, Stephanie having the face mask if it doesn't block out gas? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Because she gets gas, and that's how she turns into, you know, uh, girl bat. But, you know, Cassie, who's got the full face mask, is like, yeah, it doesn't affect me. I'm wearing a gas mask, apparently. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe it enters through the eyeballs. There you go. <laughs> it's one of those classic eyeball gases. Yep. <laughs> but no, I mean, this is one of those things, and I'm not the biggest... I. I've, I've said this before i'm not like a stephanie savant like where i know a lot about her i wasn't even like super well-versed in cassie i just <laughs> i just liked her but it's like they it does such a good job of like adding so much to cassie like this book has i'm assuming it does the same thing for stephanie where it's like oh yeah they've both grown a lot as a character as characters and it's gonna suck that this book's gonna be done <laughs> yeah I mean, clearly, Clunan and Conrad love these characters, mm -hmm. and it's so, so cool. Uh, but hopefully, I mean, we only get a couple more issues, but hopefully it's a banger of a final arc, you know? Yeah, I'm curious what the final arc's going to be for the last, like, what, three issues? Three issues, yeah. They can do it, though. Yeah. Because, I, you know, I think that whole Clue Master was only a couple issues, and it was incredible, so... Yeah. We'll see. Um, yeah, I'm gonna give this a nine. This one, this one was my pick of the week. I liked okay. it the most out of everything I read. I'm gonna go with an eight. I liked it, but it just like like I said, they've done a lot better with a lot of these other issues, and that one just kind of didn't work work as well. Okay, now Superman Lost. This is by Priest, and I need to find the artist. I wasn't prepared this time around. Um, such a neat concept with this though but it's by Priest and Carlo Pagulan on the art and he helped plot it too which is cool but I also yeah. would like to show the uh, my the, the variant by Lee Weeks because oh, yeah, Lee Weeks that's is pretty sweet incredible too. Yeah. but uh, yeah basically Superman just to kind of sum up the plot because I had already known what the plot was going to be because I had read about it earlier um, but basically Superman and Lois are hanging out and he then goes, Oh, Hey, I have to do something. You know, I have to save the day. And he flies off and he comes back and she, you know, he's acting weird. And Lois is like, what's going on? And he's like, she's like, you've only been gone for, you know, a little bit. And he's like, it's been 20 years for me. And so then that's basically, you know, the premise type thing. And it's really, really good. But what do you think? Yeah. I, I liked it a lot, actually. I think, this is going to be so weird for me. The weakest part was like the league doing stuff, you know? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I did like it, it wasn't bad by any means. It's just like the mystery of like Lois, uh, you know, and Bruce being there and all that I thought was way more interesting than, you know all the the fancy talk that the league was doing like that's one thing i do kind of disagree with though is 
the way they the way priest wrote the justice league like they all had their jobs it was all like well thought out with everything like there's so many times where it's just like yeah you guys just you know they're just kind of doing shit to be doing shit but like outside of having green arrow there it all made sense like don't get me wrong i'm not like i don't like green arrow but having just be like hey i'm gonna write shotgun with batman because hopefully (laughs) they need me to shoot arrows underwater right i don't know i get. i guess the the thing for me was that it was just like god this is gonna sound so lame but it was just like a lot of talking it was Uh, but i i get that but like at least this felt like it had a point and it's not overdoing it it's like actually explaining stuff that matters it's not like because there's a lot of times where you know you have these like lesser writers that are just like oh yeah we're gonna explain stuff because i don't trust my writer or my artist or i'm just i don't trust the people that understand what i'm doing and this is just like how it, i think it would actually be like it felt like a real dialogue with them being like oh this is what we need to be doing type of thing yeah. you know yeah so for sure i yeah i see i really really like that um yeah no i don't know i didn't really have any complaints with this book mm-hmm yeah, I mean, the ending was, you know, Lois is like, we have a lot of catching up to do. And then it ends where Superman is, you know, sent to wherever he was. So, like, I am really invested in what what yeah. all went down there. So, uh, yeah, I liked it a lot. It was cool, yeah. man. No, it's, I think... like, uh, it's like an 8.5 for me. Yeah, no, this is probably going to be a 10 for me. I I love this. I I think we're really lucky as Superman fans. Like... You remember, you know, what, two years ago? It was like, ah, yeah, we got uh, Doomsday Clock by Jeff Johns and Bendez writing both of the Superman books. And now it's like... (laughs) With John Romita Jr. on the art. And now we're like, oh, yeah, we have this amazing priest story. We have Joshua Williamson's amazing Superman book. We have Action Comics by Philip Kennedy Johnson. And then if you're like... You know, even if you're like, oh, I want to want, you know, baby Superman, you got the old little baby Superman book and then we're going to get a Superboy book soon, too. So like, it's Superman fans are eating. Yep. As as the kids say, W Riz for the Superman fans, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I don't even know if you're using it right. right there. I am not. I am not. <laughs> but what are you excited about for this coming week, man? Uh I'm going to go with uh, She-Hulk for sure. I know you're probably thinking it too, but Doctor Strange, I think that's going to be a rip-roaring good time. Uh, and then, and there's there's a couple others that could be on the list, but I think I'm going to go with uh, Dead Romans which is like a a small press book, but it's like a period piece. The art looks super cool. And I ordered a handful mostly for myself, but I was like, maybe someone else will like this too, but there you go. Cause like when there's books, I don't know, I Google them and I'm like, Oh yeah, Jake ordered this for Jake. (laughs) Yep. I sure (laughs) did. (laughs) Um, For me, I'm going to go with Superman swamp thing and the flash. All those books rock so it's gonna be pretty great yeah it's it should be a solid week though there's like a there's like a handful of things that i think will be cool okay man so 
actually before we go into fantastic fours i and, you know because this hasn't been a long podcast i'm gonna share a tweet that i saw from this guy that i follow his name is aaron myers i don't like he just he'll get like comic books and he'll just like oh yeah i got this this for like five dollars and it's like something amazing you know but then he's like at the flea market today i'm walking and this like i think even though you're not a big what he gets fan for this one because this is a toy um you're still gonna be like holy crap he's like at the flea market today i'm walking around i do a double take and think could it be and walk over to a table i ask how much she wanted for them she says i couldn't care less about these they were my husband's i know they are going uh, they're worth something but i just want them gone so i say well i'm not a toy guy but i love transformers so i'd like them and she says if you want more i have probably all of them and could meet up next week if you wanted i say yes that would be great. Anyway, here's what I bought today. She wanted $5 for this. Oh, wow. Like original inbox stuff. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Optimus Prime inbox. Another Optimus Prime inbox. $5 for all of this. They look to, like the boxes look to be in great shape. Too. Yeah. And then uh, I don't know which one this guy is. Like, I'm not a Transformers guy at all. But yeah, another one, like he, he got, I guess it's like, wow. And he's going to be getting more <laughs> Good for him. I yeah, mean, I was that, just that thinking stuff my, is money. Yeah. I was just thinking to myself, I'm like, boy, me and Brie get married and then we get divorced and she gets the Godzillas and the divorce for some reason. She's going to be doing the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dude, I, uh, real quick, okay. I, I could have been that guy once. Cause I, I had some guy come into the shop and I, I've told you this before, but yeah. for the listeners, um, a guy had a bunch of original Voltron toys and I love Voltron a whole bunch, but I morally could not take them from this guy. Uh, cause I, I could have gotten them for absolutely nothing, but I was like, well, you got a lot of money here. Here's a toy store down the road. He'll treat you right. Go there and sell them. So it's just crazy, man. Some people, I mean, yeah. if you don't care, you don't care. There's nothing that, that you can do to make them care, but it's like, come on. How funny would it have been if like you got a call from the guy, you know, like it's saga toys, right? That mm -hmm. if like he calls you like Jake, thank you so much. I just spent $5. I got like a thousand dollars worth of Voltron toys. <laughs> I mean, maybe that is what happened. Who knows? Okay, but Fantastic Four, I was just thinking in my head about, like, cool, dumb costumes. Like, we're like, boy, this guy looks cool, but this costume makes zero sense. And so, you know, like, give me in descending order. We can even go back and forth if you want. I don't really care. But it's like costumes that you're like, ah, this is so cool, but doesn't make any sense. It's dumb. It's, you know, whatever. I can go first if you want. I'll do yeah. all four because I pulled up pictures. I thought I'd, I'd screen oh, share. Nice. Um so where's the first there we go okay um am i sharing yes you are all right so my first one's dr midnight it's just goofy like like this doesn't really work right but i think it's cool looking yeah uh, it's not not the best i think it'd be better if you didn't have the red even though the red looks good but it's like you're, you're dr midnight you're supposed to be trying to be darker and it's like, oh, yeah, here's where I'm shooting. Right. And sometimes sometimes they put like a, almost like a burgundy instead of the red, like yeah. they darken that red, which looks a lot better. It does. 
but uh still the moons the goggles i i always just thought it looked cool and then you also love an owl i do love an owl owls are cool next we got jack of hearts (laughs) it's so dumb uh but i don't know there's just something about it that i think it's also kind of cool yeah no i agree it's it was one of those ones i loved as a kid because i my dad would have those like you know, like the old Jack Hearts picture, uh, comics. I'm like, boy, this guy, this is my type of stuff. <laughs> this is my guy right yeah. here. Yeah. Uh, and then next, Casey, you probably could have guessed this would be on my list. <laughs> Dargo Kator, man. He was part of the Thor core. He was the Thor in the future. But man, the studs, the shoulder spikes, the chains, He's just so like 80s, but I always thought this guy looked cool. Yeah. It's it's awesome. And like the way that stuff was awesome at the time. Like the way Thunderstrike's awesome. Right. <laughs> These goofy like wrestling style boots. Yeah. Alright, and then finally, this one's kind of a wild card, but Lionheart. Boy. I mean that that probably wouldn't work today. Like who no. like like editorial would probably say, nah, let's get something else. But I think this is super cool. The lion on the chest is dope. There's another one. Uh you know, the Union Jack cowl. I just think she looks cool. Yeah. So you, you gonna cross play that at C22 coming up? <laughs> then I would just be Captain Britain, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> You got the hair for it, though, man. You got that majestic hair. That's, that's true. You got me there. <laughs> okay. So for me, I'm going to go with Storm's original costume. I love that costume. Love it a lot. Yeah. There's been times where Bree's like, I want to uh, be Storm for Halloween. And I'm like, in my car already, like with it prepared. And she's like, oh, not this year. I'm like, oh. just, just buy it. Then, then she'll <laughs> feel obligated, right? <laughs> but... That being said, when you're not Halloween, bull- yeah, <laughs> proof, and you have a you know everything showing, not very smart, <laughs> <laughs> which which kind of goes well into Bane. I love Bane's costume, even though it's kind of like a pro wrestler's, you know, crossed with like you know bondage, which is like <laughs> my favorites, and <laughs> but like if you remember in the Nightfall storyline. Like after he beats the crap out of Batman and then um, armored Batman Azrael just like kill- kicks the crap out of him because he's shooting knives at him and Bane's like, oh, turns out a tank top is not good defense against <laughs> knives. Who knew? In full plate armor, Azrael. Yeah. yeah, he's just like, yeah, I'm I'm jacked to the gills like in this armor. Like you got nothing on me, bro. And Bane's just like run away scared because he's like, ah. Oh, this doesn't work. <laughs> it's like Punisher versus Bane. It would not end well for Bane. <laughs> and then New 52, Captain Adam. I got what they were going with there. And I think it's cool. And I love that series. But at the same time, it was also like, you're just doing Dr. Manhattan. Like, that's yeah. all this is. That's yeah. that's all this is, guys. Come on. Without the wiener. Like, that's <laughs> that's that's what you're doing. <laughs> And then my last one, and I talk about this all the time, and he's actually going to be, you know, he's kind of like what inspired this whole thing. It's Gambit. 
faceless mask, trench coat, weird gloves. All of it stupid. The but best. all of it awesome. <laughs> the weird, the weird boots. Yeah. A staff that he never blows up. Cards that he does blow up. Um he he's probably the has... coolest mutant. He's yeah, the coolest he... mutant. Yeah. He's just he's super cool. Also, 90% of his costume is pointless. <laughs> <laughs> Except a rainy day. Like on a rainy day, the trench coat really comes oh, in okay. handy. Well, it's not really because it doesn't cover his hair. He needs a hood. Yeah, but like he, you know, he's going to have that wet hair, bad boy look going on. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but that also kind of leads us in to the next thing that we were talking about. We are going to do a uh, fun little March Madness related polls on our Twitter and our Instagram and maybe Spotify if I can figure out if we can figure out how to do that, which the Spotify might not work. But it's going to be costume like things. You know, we're going to be like setting up seeds. So it'll be like pouches, faceless masks, street clothes, capes, underwear on the outside, cowls, belts, chest hair, beards, leather jacket, random body armor, long hair, big collar, sunglasses, trench coats, random knives, domino masks, uh, bandoliers. I think that's everything. You know, it's gonna be fun. We're gonna like we we're get we'll get the seating situated after this is all said and done. But yeah, look look forward yep. to that. Yep, definitely be sure to vote. Uh, we wanna we wanna know what everyone's favorite costumes are. It's gonna be a good time. All right, and that is the end of the episode, folks. So, closing plugs. Uh, please go to facebook.com/slash/twoworldspodcast and give the page a like. You can also follow us on Twitter at two underscore worlds underscore PC and on Instagram at two worlds pod. You can email us at two worlds podcast at gmail.com. And if you would, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's two worlds podcast on YouTube. And then like, let's say you're at the movie theater and people are talking like you got these kids in front of you and they're just like, oh, yeah, W Riz. Ah. You know what you need to do is instead of getting mad. Just say, hey, kids, if you really want to hear some real W Riz, listen to this little podcast my my best friends, Jake and Casey, make called Two Worlds Podcast. Not only will you see some real W Riz, you'll make two new friends on, along the way. They'll teach you not to talk during a movie theater, you little bastards. <laughs> <laughs> Also, leave a comment down below uh, about you know your favorite stupid costume. Yeah, maybe it'll make the bracket. Who knows? Yeah. So, all right, guys. Well, we'd love to stay in chat, but we have to go be the very best that no one ever was. We'll see you next time. Bye, guys. Bye.